The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hi, welcome to the Online Marketing Show. I'm your host, Joey Bushnell. Today I'm joined by a fantastic guest. She is a top business-to-business copywriter and marketer. Her name is Diana Huff. You can check out more about Diana over at dianahuff.com. Diana, thank you for being with me today. Hi, Joey. Thank you for having me. Diana, how did you get into this industry? I fell into it uh, by accident. Um, I... Uh, I got my English degree, I uh, got a, a Bachelor's of Art, a BA in English, and really didn't know what to do with myself. And I was uh, um, working at an industrial sewing company, so we made technical cloth, we, we made cloth products uh, that went into very high-tech high tech, uh, companies in, for their machinery and all sorts of different things. And at the same time, I was getting my Master's degree in English, and um, I worked at the company for seven years and uh, wanted, didn't know what to do with myself. So I went to career counseling and, you know, they make you do all those personality tests and, you know, all that stuff. And at the end of it all, she said, there's a name for people like you. It's called marketing communications. And she showed me a job description and I went, oh, it was like the sun came out. <laughs> so I promptly did a new resume and put together a portfolio because everywhere I had gone, I'd always done the, the newsletter or, you know, and this was all before the Internet. And mm-hmm. um, so I ended up getting a job at Varian Associates and as a Marcom copywriter. And that's how I got into it. So you were copywriting first and then obviously the Internet came along. And things are similar, but they've changed in many ways as well. Yes. Because you specialize in B2B marketing, I was hoping that we could talk about how business-to-business companies can market themselves online and what different options they have. Would that be okay? Yep, that's perfect. So we'll start off, Diana, with copywriting. Do you have any tips for writing as a B2B company? Do you have any tips in terms of writing and marketing to another business? What kind of things do businesses want? Are there any kind of emotional hot buttons, as it were? Well, um, I focus more on writing uh, content for websites, uh, and I and I really do specialize in small business websites. But the tips for writing copy for the web would apply to any business to business website. But the first one is, and I see this um, all the time, is you get to a company's homepage. And it's uh, full of graphics or maybe, um, you know, there are different, especially with WordPress now, there are uh, boxes that go to various pieces of content, but you have no clue what the company does. And I often go, <laughs> go to the homepage and I have to click around all over the place. Uh, what does this company do? And, and you know, and, and a lot of times what they do is is um, presented in a lot of jargon. So if you don't know what you, you know, you as a company, you know what's scalable. I'm just using the word like scalable. Um, uh, what else? Uh, there are all sorts of different types of jargon words. And if you don't know what those are, if you're the buyer um, and if you are, um, you know, looking for a, a solution to your problem and you're not quite sure what that solution is, 
have no clue if this company can help you. So the first thing I always say is make sure you say what you do in plain English on your homepage. (laughs) It's it's that simple because you have about 10 seconds to keep people's um, uh, attention when they get to your website. Mm -hmm. And you want to be able to say, this is what we do and this is how we can help you. And so people automatically can say, oh, good. I'm in the right place. This company knows what I'm taught, what I need. And then, um, in terms of web copy in general, uh, in, in ter- I, I think more, I focus on what the copy says, but I also focus on what the company, what the copy looks like, how the page is formatted, how the co- and I always say if people can't, uh, comprehend or read your copy, they're not going to uh, do business with you. They're not going to buy from you. They're not going to keep clicking around. And one of the things that I see is, you know, I call it mouse type copy on web pages that's gray and small. <laughs> and it's so hard to read. And then, of course, it's all full of jargon and mission statements and all this stuff. And so that's the one thing is make your copy easy to read. So I always say use a black font, um, make it uh, larger so people can see it. And then uh, don't reverse out your your text. Like I was just reading a website where the text was white on a black background. That is so hard to read. And I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Colin Wielden. Uh, he um, has died, but he wrote a book, uh, Type and Layout. Are you communicating or just making pretty shapes? And he did all this research that showed that reversed out text uh, lowers reader comprehension to zero. Wow. People aren't comprehending what you're writing. They're not going to uh, do business with you. They're not going to buy from you. So that's some of you know a couple of things. And then of course, eliminate jargon. Uh, tell people um, that you understand their pain points and how or, your, or their challenges, and then how your product or service is going to solve it, solve them. What elements should a business to business website have in terms of pages on the website itself? A uh, uh, really. Uh, good one is I tell companies, um, and again, this is I'm working more with smaller B2B companies, so the bigger uh, bigger companies uh, usually don't have this problem, but um, build out, I always say build out your services or your capabilities pages, so I see uh, quite frequently where a company will have maybe just one or two pages that describe their services, and I say if you have five services or five products, each product or service should have its page, its own page. And that way, that also gives you the ability to optimize that content for additional keywords. You should always have a, a some sort of more than one lead generation device. And people, I think, tend to think of that as maybe a white paper, but you can do an e-newsletter, you can do a demo, you can do a special report, you can do... Uh, um, uh, what else? White papers, of course, but have more than one uh, webinars because each piece, case studies, because each piece uh, works differently where, wherever, depending on where the person is in the sales cycle. How do we encourage people to get in contact with us? Um, ask them to. <laughs> <laughs> include forms, include your phone number. I tell people include a phone number on, and this is for, again, smaller companies or mid-sized companies. Of course, if you're global, you can't do this. Uh, But, you you know, if you're global or an enterprise, you always have your contact us page with your various offices and where they're listed. 
or mid-sized companies maybe that are regional or national, and then smaller companies, if you just have one location, I tell them always put your phone number at the um, top page, at the top of every page on your site to reduce clicks, so people don't have to click around to figure out how to contact you. Forms work well. Having your email a link everywhere. I'm surprised at how difficult it sometimes is to contact a company or that you can't find a phone number. They just put a form on. Like, I don't want to fill out a form. What if I want to call you? You know, and I'm always shocked when, you know, you can't get through to a company. It used to be you could call a company and someone would answer the phone. It's so rare now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great loss. Yeah, absolutely. So in general, then make it easy for people to get in contact is the first step and then put it all over the website. Wherever someone may land, you want them to be able to see how to get in touch with you. Yes, I tell people to make each page of their site, um, well, especially like the products and services and capabilities, but make those um, mini landing pages so that all the information a person needs is right there on that page so they don't have to click around trying to find other information. Do you have any tips for writing a really good business-to-business blog? Yes, um, First off, uh, be consistent with it, and that um, that means even if you're just writing one or two posts a month, that's fine, uh, but be consistent about it. Don't let the blog die. Don't go months and months and months without writing something because nothing looks worse than to come to a website and to see a dead blog or a blog that hasn't had any attention paid to it. I've seen sites where companies have added a blog because their site is in WordPress, and then they have three posts and then there's nothing, you know, and the mm-hmm. site's been up since 2009. And, you know, so then there's just through these three posts sitting there. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, don't use the blog to push out your press releases. Uh, instead, create some unique content. So, uh, for example, one client I'm working with, uh, they do um, ERP software, and they showed how one of their clients incorporated video into the shopping cart. And so they actually did a step-by-step, here's how you can do this too, and showed people with screenshots how to do it. So just uh, you know, helpful content, unique content. Don't be afraid to show your personality. Uh, so you can show pictures of people at your office or you know, corporate events or parties or um, you know, Pictures, you know, we're also uh, into graphics now and, you know, uh, with Pinterest and Facebook. And so having uh, fun photographs that show the personality of your company, those go over really well. It just adds life to your website and your blog. In terms of the content on the blog itself, Diana, do other business owners really spend time reading blogs? Is that an effective method? Uh, Yes and no. Um, the blog, blog posts show up in the search engines. You know, you can write a blog post and a couple hours later it's already indexed in the search engines. Uh-huh. So I think blogs are really good for getting content out there. And then when people do searches, that content shows up. So a blog uh-huh. post could be the way that a, um, a buyer, uh, a prospective buyer gets into your site. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then of course, then they can start learning more about you. Um, however, there is also people are so busy now. They're they're actually not um, very few that I know are reading blogs. Is it like the way that we used to read magazines? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just people. I think sign up for them, but you have to go and check your reader. So I'm finding at least um, the surveys I've done with my own uh, e-newsletter list and my own blog list. Um, the people who read my e-newsletter do not read blogs. 
which I found amazing. Yeah, it's great information. But it also helps you get found. If they're typing in the search engines, then they'll find your site. And then, as you've explained further, if we've got our contact details and calls to action all over the place, then hopefully it's going to generate some leads and some people may read it as well. So yeah, and uh, there are yeah. yeah there are. I'm not saying no one reads blogs. Yeah. Of course, people do. The other but blogs also have lots of other wonderful benefits. Mm-hmm. One is um, reporters when they're searching your blog posts come up. So then all of a sudden they see that and they're oh you're an expert on X Y Z. I'm going to call this person. So mm-hmm. I get calls um, regularly from journalists. As, and I know um, I've asked, I've talked to other companies that blog, and they get calls too. If you're putting out original content that's helpful, you're seen as an expert, and then um, those that content gets found, gets found by journalists, it gets found by other bloggers, and you get lots of exposure that way, lots of press, or you get asked to write an article. Mm-hmm. So there's that. It has that going for you. It helps with SEO. And then um, – Oh, that was another one that I had that it's really good for. You can repurpose your content. So you can take after over time, you have all this blog content, so you can repurpose it into, like I took um, years worth of blog content and culled it all down into daily tips, which I featured on my Facebook page, 31 tips for generating website leads, and I did a tip a day. Some brilliant ideas there, Diana. Thank you very much. What would you say overall are the very best ways to collect business-to-business leads using just the internet? Well, of course, reports. Uh, so if you do a special report, a white paper, um, any kind of um, informational content that helps people make buying decisions, uh, if you do that and you can do a press release on it, you can push it out to social media, all the different social media platforms, and then have a, a a dedicated landing page for it with a form. Mm -hmm. So that right there, that's the most easiest one and very effective. Uh, Let's see. Having an e-newsletter on your site and having asking people to subscribe to it, uh, Mm -hmm. having a demo button on your site and asking people um, to register for a demo. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm just giving, these are all, um, when companies call me and they say they're not getting leads, like one company called me and said, we're not getting any leads. And so I'm, you know, after talking with them, I said, well, do you give a demo for this service that you offer? Oh yeah. Every time a prospect calls us, we sign them up for a demo. You know, we, we schedule a demo with them. And I said, well, how come there isn't a request a demo button on your site? This total silence. (laughs) Oh yeah. Awkward. A lot of this stuff is just common sense, and um, I think what happens is, uh, I think we've we've we view. I I know I I hear this a lot. People say our website is our brochure, and a website is not a brochure. A brochure is a print piece. It's a collateral piece. It's a leave behind that salespeople leave at sales calls. Mm-hmm. A, brochure, a website is very interactive, and it's it's designed to help you get leads. So you can't think about it as a brochure because a brochure does not get you leads. It's what leave after you've already had the, you know, met the lead. So your website, I, you can't think about it as a brochure. And I think that's the problem. And so people don't realize you can do all these things to get people to interact with you. You definitely consider a website to be a form of direct response marketing, Diana. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. How about if we've been gathering email leads? What can we do? Do you have any advice for us when email marketing in a B2B scenario? 
Uh, it, well, it depends on what you're gathering the names for. So if you have a newsletter subscription form on your site, then that's what people are going to expect is your monthly or, you know, comes out monthly or every week or every other, every other week, whatever you set on your subscription form, um, the frequency of your publication. But that, you know, you can send out that, which keeps your company top of mind. Um, or if you've said, you know, you can sign up for our e-newsletter and special alerts, then you can send out um, different promotions, especially if you're in B2B, so then you can do your special reports mm-hmm. or your events like your webinars. And then, of course, there's the whole transactional element of um, are you, you know, trying to get people to sign up for events that maybe they pay for or events that they attend. Can and should B2B companies be using social media? Definitely. Uh, and I always tell companies, um, go where your customers are. So even though there's all this, um, you know, brouhaha about Facebook and the millions of people, or was it billions now? Millions? Almost a billion, yeah. Uh, you know, and then there, you've got Google Plus, and uh, it really depends on your audience and where they are. So for, for a financial services company, um, it may be best, or for companies who are dealing with financial services companies, LinkedIn is probably the best one because financial services is so regulated that uh, they're not doing, you know, they don't do other social media types of things. Wow. Okay. If some of your customers are on Facebook and Mm -hmm. it makes sense to go there, go on Facebook or Google Plus. It just go where your customers are. Forums, industry forums are a good one. Okay. Just do a Google search on that kind of thing if you're looking for an industry forum. Yeah, but I, I, what I guess what I'm saying is ignore the hype uh-huh. and, and do what's best for your business. The up and coming trend, of course. I mean, social media is kind of the current big thing, but I think the future is heading towards mobile marketing, Diana. How can B2B companies take advantage of that? Well, one, just make sure your website uh, is renders well on smaller devices, smartphones and tablets and iPads. And uh, it, you know, it's it's amazing to me how many companies call me and there's they have never looked at their site on a phone or uh-huh. or a, a tablet and they don't realize that it doesn't work. Um, you know, maybe the drop down menus don't work. Maybe they have flash pieces in there that don't render on the Apple devices. Um, so there's this that's for starters. Just make sure it works. If it doesn't work. Or if it doesn't render well, you have to get it fixed. And then um, in terms of mobile marketing, so then make sure then. So if you're doing a blog, um, look at your own blog posts on your phone. Can you read them? Can you leave comments? Is it easy for people to do that? Uh, One thing I like to tell people, and again, this would be for smaller companies, the bigger ones um, wouldn't this wouldn't work for them. Uh, but put your phone number when, when you put your phone number in every page of your site, make sure it's text and not an image because, you know, with a, with a smartphone, you can just touch the phone number and then the phone automatically calls it. Right. So, uh, you know, make, make, take advantage of the different things that, uh, that these devices are offering you and use them on your site. And what I like to do to get lots of ideas is just really study how consumer sites are doing it because a lot of them are doing it really, really well. And, um, you know, I, you know, I say, well, if this is working here, it's going to work over on the iPad or on the phone. And the, what was, there was another one. Um, oh, 
when you download, so when you download, you know, now, I don't know if you have an iPad, but when you download a PDF now, you can save it immediately to iBooks. Yes. Yeah, so make sure all that works. You know, yes. just, you know, if you have, but I say buy an iPad. It's a marketing expense. And make sure when you have your reports and your eBooks and things that they can be easily saved to iBooks. I save all my um, PDFs now to iBooks. It's so easy. Absolutely. I don't know this for certain because it's been a while since I had an office job myself, but I imagine lots of people are out on the road for their companies and are using company smartphones and iPads. They're the kinds of devices that they're going to be using rather than having people based in the office stuck to a desk and a desktop computer. You can do it from anywhere now. Yeah, I was at a conference last week and I was discussing this very topic about how to um, develop websites um, that render well on mobile devices. And I said, please, everyone here, uh, raise up your phone. And every single person in the room had an Apple iPhone. <laughs> and yes. they, I said, and how many of you checked your email this morning on the phone? They all raised their hands. So, mm-hmm. you know, to go back to some of your questions about, you know, all of the questions that you've asked me before, um, you know, all of them apply to mobile marketing. Make sure your emails uh, look good on smartphones. So if they're all HTML, they're not going to come through very well, especially if you use um you know, Google a Gmail and the default is images off. Mm -hmm. So make sure you have text, make sure, you know, look at your, look at your content on different devices. Don't assume that everyone is on their desktop. Diana, thank you so much for spending time with me today. You've given us some really great information. How can we get even more from you? I know you've got a blog. Have you got a newsletter? Where else can we go to get your stuff? You can go to my website, Diana Huff, and that's D-I-A-N-N-A. Huff, H-U, to F's like Frank, dianahuff.com, and you can sign up for my newsletter. You can download reports. I have uh, free articles. Um, I, ha- I have a whole learning center, and, um, and I also have my blog. Great. That's the end of today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Diana, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, well, thank you. This is I love when people ask me lots of questions. <laughs> the Online Marketing Show, every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money.